SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Studies show that in order for you to experience consistent winning, you need a plan, a strategy, something you can trust to give you the edge 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We make it simple for you. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Yeah, it's that time, folks. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, The Sports Grid radio network over the course of the next hour i'm going to sit down with one of my favorite guests las vegas chris we're going to break down some nfl we're going to break down some mma and we're going to get into it entirely from a betting perspective we're going to talk theory and we're going to talk practice hopefully it'll be a loaded hour of content for you listeners of course if you miss any portion of today's show you can always check out the replay, you check out the podcast version wherever you find and download your podcast. Just look for Cover It with Teddy Covers, Sports Grid, and you can download the podcast and consume it at your convenience. Before we get into my discussion with Las Vegas Chris, I want to talk about NFL coaches. And I saw an article this week. I'm a Bill Barnwell fan over at ESPN.com. I don't agree with everything that he writes, but I think. His analysis is fairly measured and doesn't overreact like so many, <laughs> so many uh, of the pundits do. And Barwell came in with an NFL Best Coaches article this last week. And he was talking about only guys that were hired over the last five years were, were his list. And he ranked them. McVeigh, LaFleur, McDermott, Arian, Shanahan, Vrabel, Reich, Stefanski, Anthony Lynn at nine, Zach Taylor as the 10th of the 10 coaches who have made a playoff, have won at least one playoff game with their new teams over the last five years. I started thinking about that list. And you could certainly, uh, I'm not going to put McVay one. He doesn't have a Super Bowl title. You know, Uh, I might put, I don't know. (laughs) Who would you put one on this list? You know, I was debating between LaFleur and McDermott and Arians. Arian does have a Super Bowl title. But I'd probably rank all three of those guys ahead of McVeigh for whatever it's worth. Shanahan's been to a Super Bowl. I might give him a notch ahead of McVeigh. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably rank McVeigh above them. But when it comes to really ranking head coaches, the only way to rank head coaches is from a point spread perspective. And when you look at the point spread numbers, all right, and I apologize, I did not update. I, I have some late-season numbers from the uh, November. I did not update through the end of December. Um, going through coach after coach, and it's real interesting. Of the top five coaches, point spread records for mid-November in their careers, well, two of them have been fired already, Mike Zimmer and Brian Flores. <laughs> so uh, it shows that from a betting standpoint, does not equate to a team management standpoint sometimes. But Zimmer, uh, a great point spread coach, Flores as well. Number one, from a point spread perspective, among current NFL head coaches is Matt LaFleur of the Green Bay Packers. And number two, despite the fact that he's been coaching for more than 20 years, is Bill Belichick. Now, if I'm ranking the coaches, Belichick has to go one. <laughs> he just has to because he's been doing it for longer than anyone and Belichick has coached his way 
into victories so many times you got, you can't even count them all. Belichick's the best coach. Okay, period. And I know his team lost the playoffs last week. They weren't that good. <laughs> but after Belichick at the top, who goes next? You know what's interesting? Mike McCarthy's got a winning point spread record as a head coach. <laughs> you know, Vic Fangio had a winning point spread record as a head coach. Pete Carroll's going to go at or near the top of my list. Um, you know, I'm a, when you talk about Seattle success, even this year, Carroll might have done one of his best coaching jobs ever this year because that team was a veteran team that was expecting to compete for a title, and they were out of it early, and they still played good football down the stretch in December, still winning games, one week 18, the meaningless game. I give Carroll a ton of credit for that. And Sean McDermott. Another top five guy. It was LaFleur, Belichick, Zimmer, Flores, and McDermott. Top five ATS. McDermott's one thing away from being considered one of the elite NFL coaches. He really is. And that thing is the Super Bowl ring. And if Buffalo wins this week at Kansas City, maybe he gets one. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it's a long way to go. Uh, But certainly a Super Bowl appearance for McDermott would go a long way. Super Bowl ring would go even further. When you look at the bottom of the list... The worst point spread coaches right now. It's kind of a different story. Zach Taylor's still sub-500 ATS. Most of the guys are newer coaches. You know, the Robert Salas of the world, the Dan Campbells of the world. Urban Meyer ended up with a great point spread record. Matt Nagy's already been fired. (laughs) Uh, Oops. And then there's Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, sub-500 ATS. And, of course, Shanahan near the bottom. LaFleur near the top. Long-term track records. And you say, all right, the coaches' point spread records are going to be based as much as how they're valued as to, you know, how good they are as to, you know, a point spread record does not necessarily tell you that a team is overachieving and underachieving in a real way. But when I see Kyle Shanahan as a long-term sub-500 ATS head coach. And I see Michael Floor at the other end of that equation of being a monster, Matt LaFleur, I should say, of being a monster against the spread. Well, I guess you guys already know which way I'm looking when the Packers play the 49ers this evening. When we come back, I'm going to bring in Las Vegas Chris, one of the best contest players I've ever known, and a guy who's going to break down the NFL playoffs and MMA. MMA 270 goes Saturday night. We'll be right back to do it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So I was talking about this on Sports Rage with Gabe Marenzi right here on SportsGrid earlier in the week. Uh, I think it was Thursday night. Uh, when I'm on with Gabe. And we had a discussion about being prepped for a show. And Gabe, then I was like, I can't sleep the night before unless I'm prepped for the next day. And Gabe's like, I understand what you're saying. I can't do it either. I prep for covering with Teddy Covers every week. And normally things go, you know, you have to adjust on the fly. 
but things go basically as planned. Every once in a while, though, you get thrown a curveball, and I had that today for today's show. Plan on having Rex Byers from the Westgate Superbook coming on to talk NFL playoffs, and unfortunately, Rex under the weather. He said he's tested negative, but he's been sitting home the last couple days. He was not up for doing a show. I said, all right, buddy, we'll have you on for Super Bowl and make you talk props instead. So I'll have Rex on probably in two weeks, and we do a Super Bowl, a full Super Bowl discussion show. But that, of course, left me. <laughs> uh, what am I going to do? Uh-oh. Uh, who am I going to find? The clock's ticking. Get on the horn, and who's going to get me? Las Vegas Chris. LVC, they like to call him. Chris Zanuck is his real name, but no one calls him Chris Zanuck. We call him LV Chris, one of the best contest players, maybe the best contest player in Las Vegas, and a guy who's going to share his thoughts with us on the NFL games for today on Saturday, as well as for MMA 270 tonight. So, Chris, let me start with this. I really appreciate you filling in on short notice. I know that we have no show notes. I sent the show notes to Rex Byers for what I was going to ask him, and I'm not going to ask you the same question. So we'll do the best we can over the course of the next hour, but let's talk a little NFL and MMA. I appreciate you taking the time on such short notice, my friend. Thank you. No problem, and I can vouch for his sickness. I've uh, been chatting with him the last couple of days, and uh, he's been in bad shape just like my wife, and miraculously my wife has not given me anything yet, so I'm fortunate to be healthy today. <laughs> yeah, I had a nasty flu bug a couple of weeks ago, and it was one of those deals where, again, you're like, anytime you get the flu now, you're like, I better test, I better test, and I tested twice, and tested negative twice, and it took me about three, I mean, I was sleeping for three days, um, you know, straight on, three days, and then it probably took me a week before I felt like myself again, so uh, obviously the flu can and does happen, but nobody out there in a listener land wants to talk about sick people, they want to talk well, about the... <laughs> Public service announcement, there are free COVID tests available from the United States Postal Service. So uh, um, you get four free tests. It takes 30 seconds to fill it out. So I told the wife yesterday, I go, well, I just ordered these. They'll be here in a week to 10 days. And she burst out laughing. She's like, a lot of good that's going to do two weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the way, for what it's worth, sharp money's on the over uh, for the week to 10 days. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Take the over. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Chris, obviously there are two playoff games today on Saturday. We have the Bengals Titans. We have the 49ers and the Packers. I want to talk sides. I want to talk totals. I want to talk props. And for someone who sometimes, uh, when it comes to breaking down these NFL games, Sometimes you're you're afraid to share all your thoughts. Don't be afraid to share everything you got when it comes to Bengals Titans. Let's start right there. It looks like Derrick Henry's going to play uh, for Tennessee. As someone that likes the Titans in this ball game, I don't know that I love the fact that Derrick Henry's coming back. I do expect market support for the Titans between now and kickoff. What do you think? Tennessee. Oh, I kind of like the fact that he's coming back because I don't. It, it, it was my imagination, or was he limping in the video that we, that came out this week? He he didn't look like he could even walk straight. So, I mean, it wasn't a, a huge limp, but he, it, it seemed like he was limping. And uh, we all know it takes a little time to get into uh, you know game shape, so to speak, and game speed. So, um, I'm not sure when the first day he practiced was. Wasn't it on Thursday? 
that he was allowed to have any contact. So um, I, I, I mean Cincinnati on this one. I can't find anybody that, that actually likes that side. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, watching the way they played against the Raiders last week, uh, it wasn't very good. Uh, frankly, I mean, the Raiders shot themselves in the foot and just handed them the game. But yep. uh, and I was hoping that I, that I wouldn't be on Cincinnati this week. But uh, my numbers, uh, you know, definitely show value on Cincinnati here. Uh, uh, and my numbers are culminated from around 55 inputs. So I, I, I don't like to basically pull out a handful of stats and say, oh, well, the EPA is this and the TVOA is that because I'm merging everything uh, as, as, you know, into one set of into numbers that I trust. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, into my formula. So, um, you know, I, I just feel that there is a hell of a lot to the NFL game and in all sports, frankly, that uh, aren't narrowed down to a handful of stats that uh, you can refer to. And, and sure, maybe they seem logical and, and, and such, but there's so many moving parts to these games. You can't narrow it down to a handful of stats. And quite frankly, a lot of these stats have manual inputs contained within them. So you're talking about discussing numbers that were derived from like human, there, there is human error somewhere in there when you get those, and then it's compounded when you're going to interject them with other stats. So uh, I don't know if I articulated that well enough, but I, I just kind of roll my eyes at relying at any single stat that relies on human input. Sure. Well, and, and when, when you're talking about putting together 54 variables into your particular formula, you know, that's something that's unique to you. I'm not a guy that's going to break the games down based on stats, and I want to talk about that for this game in particular because it feels like so much of the Cincinnati support that I'm seeing has to do with Tennessee's statistical profile. Uh, but let's start with Derrick Henry, who thankfully, and I, I've, you know, I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek, I made one big bet over the summer when it came to season-long props. That was Derrick Henry under. His rushing yard, it was 1,500, 1,550, I forget what it was. But the guy had a 2,000-yard season last year. He had 378 carries off a 300-carry season the year before. And in the modern NFL, nobody does that three years in a row. And Derrick Henry couldn't do it three years in a row. And despite his monster start to the season, remember, 5.4 yards per carry in 2020, 5.1 yards per carry in 2019, 4.9 yards per carry in 2018. This year, Derrick Henry just 4.3 yards per carry before he got hurt. So, um, don't forget uh, the offensive coordinator uh, mentioned that he wanted to use him more too. So. <laughs> yeah, which uh, wasn't something that I loved uh, uh, having Henry under in my pocket. But the point is this: um, well, there's two points. One, would you look to bet under Derrick Henry props in this ball game? And two, the difference between the Titans' offense with Derrick Henry or Donta Foreman. And Dontrell Hilliard is nothing. Uh, do you there was no difference. There was a, the, the, st the stats were barely any drop-off whatsoever in their rushing game. So uh, they were pretty much the same. Tannehill's stats went down a little bit, but their, their rushing game was very similar with Henry in the lineup. Uh, he's a big playmaker, though. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk about the passing stats in a minute because that's where I think Tennessee's season-long numbers are lying more than any other place. Uh, is in the passing game, and that is affecting this point spread in a real way. But let's save that uh, for after the break. Um, 
and we got about 30 seconds right here. Would you look to play Henry under any props, no touchdown, anything like that for Derrick Henry uh, in the early game uh, today on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the only way that you can lean because the euphoria has has to have him uh, amped up a little bit with higher expectations. I, I, I'd see him as a uh, is, is probably being on a, a pitch count, so to speak, uh, and, and may be in there for distraction purposes for all we know. Yeah, I don't know that I play a no-touchdown prop for Henry, but I wouldn't mind any yardage props for Henry playing them uh, under the total. We're just getting started with Las Vegas, Chris. LVC, as we like to call him. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. More NFL discussion coming up next when coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We love you and you love us. So go to Twitter and follow us for all day updates at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. Again, at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. You can follow today's guest, Las Vegas Chris, on Twitter at Las Vegas Chris. That's C R I S, not C H R I S, but C R I S. Correct, Chris? Did I get that? Uh, again, no you did. prep for all you this did. stuff. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, if you want some amusement, go to the one that with an H in it sometime. <laughs> I have nothing to do with that one. <laughs> yeah. they, is, is, is the Las Vegas Chris with an H, uh, is he trying to live off your name, or is it just someone else? Who no, 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 no. Yeah, the original. But it, it, go ahead, Oh, I was going to say, the, the, like, the reason I'm Teddy underscore covers on Twitter, and I thank the Lord it happened, but someone went on Twitter right when it, oh, like, 2020, like, 2009, maybe, um, you know, fairly early in the Twitter era, and started posting his Teddy covers, um, and acting like me, and, and, I, and I ended up finding, <laughs> I found out who it was, and he apologized and all of that. It was uh, one of our NC's listeners. But that's how I got Teddy underscore covers and uh, I had to contact Twitter to uh, get that account uh, uh, dealt with. But Las Vegas, Chris, C-R-I-S, is one that you've had the whole way. We're talking Bengals and Titans before the break. And you were talking about how Tennessee's passing game and the stats from Ryan Tannehill were pretty ugly over the back half of the campaign. And they were, you know, 4.8 yards per attempt against the Steelers, 93 passing yards against the Patriots, 143 against the Rams, um, 52 passing attempts against the Texans. They scored 13 points in that ballgame. And, of course, he threw four picks. But throughout the second half of the season, the Tennessee Titans, a team that went healthy early, were beating everybody, kicking ass and taking names. When you take A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, your top two receivers out of a passing offense, it's going to affect the numbers. It's going to affect them big time. And the offense didn't work for for at least a month, maybe longer. But those guys are healthy now. Both Brown and Brown, in my mind, is as good as any receiver in the NFL. 
And Jones, despite his age, when he's getting single coverage, <laughs> he's as dangerous as anybody. And that makes well, you know, Ryan Tannehill he only, he only as dangerous as anyone. Agree or disagree? Tannehill can live up to. Oh, I, oh it definitely helps him. But you know, but you know, uh, uh, Julio Jones is is a shell of himself. He only caught thirty one passes this season in ten games. So, so he's averaging three passes per game and has one touchdown. So uh, even when he was in the lineup, he. You know, was he was it really helping that much? Uh, how much of an effect can he have? So, you know, when you're bringing that guy into the lineup, which was well, okay, somewhat of a contribution, and Henry, which we don't even know how healthy he is, um, you know, there's a lot of questions in there, and all the pressures on Tennessee. When you really think about it, they've got that number one seed, and they've got all the glamour stars, and um, you know, nobody thinks Cincinnati can do anything. So, uh, you know, those are some of the other things that I look at with that. Jones with a season-high nine targets in the season finale against the Houston Texans. He had eight targets early on, uh, but his season-high was nine. And, of course, he's a guy who really didn't play a whole lot of football uh, in November and December. Let me say sideline of injuries, but limited by injuries for a good portion of the campaign. Uh, Look at him over the the beginning of the season. He was most assuredly a factor uh, in that offense before the injuries started to mount. So it's clear, Chris looking at the Cincinnati side plus the points, as opposed to the Tennessee side minus the points. Let's shift focus to the late game, the 49ers and the Packers. And as we shift focus, I do want to bring one thing in common. There's one scenario here that plays out, because Tennessee is a team who's battle-tested in the playoffs for sure. They've been in four playoff games over the last six uh, sorry, four playoff games over the last two years, six playoff games over the last four years. They've won a uh, playoff game in multiple seasons. Green Bay similar in, in that regard. They've been winning playoff games. They just haven't been reaching Super Bowls of late, coming up short repeatedly in the NFC Championship game, including a loss to the same uh, San Francisco 49ers in recent history. Five and a half, 47, 47 and a half. What do we do with the Niners and the Packers on Saturday night? Well, Green Bay is, is, is also kind of in that Tennessee category where the metrically they don't perform very well. And, uh, um, if, you know, Green Bay has been like this for the last three, four years where they outperform their metrics. Uh, you know, if you, if you look at, uh, um, at, you know, their record is far better than it should be compared to what their stats are. And frankly, I'm not the only one that's, that uh, that will tell you this. I have San Francisco as actually the better team here. Now, we know we've got some home field to factor in on this. We know we've got the better quarterback uh, with Aaron Rodgers to factor in on this. And we know we've got uh, uh, some dinged up San Francisco 49ers to factor in on this. But uh, I cannot get to uh, a five and a half uh point value for the Green Bay in this situation. Green Bay, you know, basically does what they have to do to win games. They let teams hang it, hang around. Um, they don't blow teams out as often as, as, as teams with their record usually do. And uh, I think San Francisco has all the talent in the world to stay uh, and possibly win this game outright. It won't surprise me in the least. They should be able to run the ball consistently. Uh, and uh, they've They've got the personnel to do it, and Green Bay—that's their weak spot. And uh, obviously, we know San Francisco's weak spot 
is their secondary, and, and Aaron Rodgers is going to have some success there also. So I, I just think that uh, San Francisco was, in my eyes, uh, a potential to go to the Super Bowl before the season started. Uh, they've dealt with injuries and, and obstacles the entire season long, and they've seen some recent success that they can build off of. And I know that they've been on the road uh, a lot, and it doesn't bode well in, in history if you want to follow trends. But uh, I, I just think that this team has a lot of experience. They're well coached, and uh, I, I trust uh, it, with all these players coming back from Green Bay. Green Bay, we know we have the same situation we had in Tennessee. Okay, if these guys come back, are they in game play shape? And do they disrupt or, or do they help? We don't know. Sometimes, you know, it takes a little acclimation process when you're shifting players in and out of the lineup. So maybe they would have been better off with the people that were playing. You don't know necessarily. Uh, but, yeah, I, I lean the uh, – I, I, I like San Francisco. And it's, it's, just, it's my favorite game. It looks so easy that it, it probably won't win because it, it is too easy. So uh, two, two follow-ups uh, from that. Well, first – is that it sounds to me, you say you like San Fran, and it sounds to me like you like the over as well. You're concerned about the 49ers secondary. You think that San Fran will be able to move the football uh, uh, against Green Bay. It is going to be cold <laughs> at Lambeau on Saturday night. Temperatures, you know, in the you know, low teens is what I'm seeing as the forecast. But there's not expected to be any significant wind issues or precipitation issues on Saturday night. Would you look over in this game if you were going to bet the total, or am I putting words into your mouth that aren't real? No, you're not. Uh, I, I, I definitely would lean over, and I may actually play it. Uh, I, you know, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to be a little bit closer to game time on that situation. Make sure we all the moving parts are accounted for, so to speak. Uh, but again, you you worry about a game in the teens, and uh, and when it's dark. And uh, um, it, it just doesn't seem conducive to high scoring, if that makes any sense. So I'm a, a little trepidation on that uh, uh, because totals are not my uh, 4K, so to speak. Even though I have a great record on them, I, I don't gravitate toward them. I don't have a metric model to determine the value on them. Which may be why you have a great record on them, because any total you bet is not getting double-checked, triple-checked. It's getting quintuple-checked, you know what I mean? It's got to check every check mark for you to get there, which means you don't pull out a lot of them, and the ones you do have a fairly, or you don't bet a lot of them, and the ones you do, in theory, should have a fairly high <coughs> winning percentage. My second follow yeah, you're right. for Green Bay and San Fran, if I'm ranking the eight quarterbacks this weekend, I don't think it's close. Jimmy Garoppolo ranks number eight for me. He's the worst of the bunch. Does that concern you, and would you rank the quarterbacks differently? Uh, no, I guess he is uh, number eight by default uh, pretty clearly. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't even be close. Yeah. It wouldn't even be close. <laughs> Do you worry about that? Yeah, of course you have to worry about that, but uh, you you have to look at, you know, last week he kind of fouled up uh, there at the end, but Garoppolo traditionally, uh, I don't have the stats handy, has excellent stats uh, when it comes to closing out games. Uh, for whatever reason, when he's under pressure and he's in those uh, comeback modes or uh, it, it, the game's on the line, 
I know that his stats are much higher than as if he's just plugging along in the second quarter. So maybe uh, when he's under pressure, he doesn't think as much and he's more reactionary and, uh, and fares better. Uh, might be well, the theory there. Well, Jimmy G trying to close out a playoff game with a lead last week was about as bad as it gets. Uh, exactly, yeah. Scale of A to F, he would probably get an F- minus for his fourth quarter showing against Dallas. We'll see how he does in Green Bay on Saturday night. When we come back, MMA discussion with Las Vegas Chris. I'm going to let him lead, and I will follow. Stay tuned. Coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, they're not kidding when they're talking about sports betting is sweeping the nation. How about this? New York Sportsbooks. The first weekend. The fr- not talk about a month, not talk about a week. The first weekend that they're open for betting: Caesars, DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, and uh, Bet Rivers, Rust Street, uh, obviously. But there's still four more casinos going to follow, or books going to follow. But with those four sports books operating, more than 650,000 accounts created over the first weekend, and more than 150 million in bets over the first weekend. Wow. And oh, by the way. It wasn't like they sucked all those bets out of New Jersey's handle. <laughs> New Jersey's uh, numbers were still up by 4% over previous weekends. So, sports hey, betting. Am I, mista- am I mistaken? I believe that since we got about 20 states with legalized gamble- uh, sports betting More. and billions and billions uh, being bet, but I, I think the Nevada handle has actually gone up, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. also. Yeah, no, sure. The, 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 the handles everywhere continue to go up. That's the whole point. Here's New Jersey, and you think, oh, New Jersey, uh, here's New York going legal. Well, all those people are going to not uh, bet New Jersey. No. <laughs> Jersey handle it up, and New York handle just created the $150 million for opening weekend. Nevada handle continues to rise on a week-in, week-out a year-in, year-out basis. Sports betting is just more popular, man. Uh, And it's only going in one direction. Really impressive numbers uh, from New York on the opening weekend. And, of course, we want to welcome all of you new bettors from the New York region, of course. And I'll be really curious. Again, 650,000 accounts. I have to think many of them signed up for all four or some of them. But let's just call it a couple hundred thousand bettors signing up. How many of them are people, do you think, Chris, that are betting for the very first time? And how many of them are people that were already betting somewhere else, either you know, either uh, with a bookie or, or uh, offshore? Oh, I have to imagine the vast majority of them are, uh, are, are people that have placed wagers elsewhere. But, uh, exactly. e- e- but, but just think, even if only 10% of those people are, are just looking at it as a novelty and we're waiting for it to be legalized, that's a significant number in itself. Sure is. And, and that was my guess. It was that 90% of people had accounts somewhere already. And the right. 10% that didn't, those are guys that are testing the waters. They're going to bet 10 bucks and 5 bucks and 20 bucks. They're not coming in and betting five times. Uh, not many of them uh, are right from the get-go. Um, but don't let me get distracted. We have so much to talk about right here. 
And I know I promised MMA discussion, but I want one last thought from you when it comes to the two playoff games on Saturday. Are there any particular props that you are looking for, isolating, uh, interested in, standing out to you, anything that correlates with your handicap of the game in terms of the player props, the team props uh, that stand out to you for the weekend? I kind of like this Cincinnati team total over um, for some reason. Is that considered a prop? Sure. Anything that's not a side or a total is considered a prop. You know. Yeah, I was looking. I was looking at that. Yes. Yeah, I was kind of looking at that one, and then also uh, I know Burrow has thrown what one interception in in a month uh, or five over a month and a half or something. He's due for an interception. so you can probably use that in there somewhere. And certainly that Titans secondary has been remarkable in terms of they're giving up yards, but somebody makes a play. The Tennessee's made all year long. That's been a defense where when they had to get it, somebody made a play on defense. I would not be surprised. I would, I would go for the yes, Burrow interception prop uh, as well. Anything else that you want to talk about when it comes to props? Oh, not off the top of my head. All right. Well, let's get into some MMA discussion. And, you know, when we talk briefly off air, again, you're a last-minute guest. You're filling in. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to talk NFL. We're going to talk something else. You're like, let's talk MMA, you know, UFC 270 this weekend. I'm not an MMA expert in the slightest, and that's putting it mildly. Um, and in some ways, when I first came to Vegas and MMA was first starting to blow up, I wish I'd have spent more time with it, but I was like, Man, I just don't know enough about fighting to handicap it. How do you start in MMA? If you're a beginning better and you're like, I want to start betting MMA, what do you do? Well, first of all, you have to be receptive to betting MMA. If you're like, like I, when I tell people that I bet MMA, they're exactly the way I was like four years ago. Like when I tell people, oh, I'm doing well in MMA or, or I just, I bring it up. They're like, forget it. Just shut up. I don't want to hear it. I, I hate that stuff. I want nothing to do with it. I hear it over and over and over again. And that's the way I was. I, I hated it. I wanted nothing to do with it. So if you're somebody listening and that's the way you are, trust me, I, I was in that corner. But let me tell you something. If you're a better and, and you, and you like to gamble, you're the most efficient market in the world is NFL. That's the hardest one to beat. And all these other sports are getting more difficult. Uh, there's algorithms to just make it difficult on the players. All these sports are tougher and tougher and tougher to find value and uh, to really find any edges whatsoever. Uh, you know, if you're looking at golf and tennis, even those sports, you can't beat those sports, you know, long term. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but it, it, it all boils down to efficient markets. And what makes UFC the old West, so to speak, is it's the it's very inefficient. This is the market where if you do spend some time to learn about it, uh, you can find inefficiencies and big value. Let me, let, let, let me jump in real quick, Chris, because you're talking about uh-huh. an inefficient market versus an efficient market. Um, as pro bettors, we understand what we're talking about, but I'm sure there are bettors out there that have no idea what we're talking about. Can you do a little explanation of what an efficient market is versus an inefficient market? 
Well, when you look at an NFL market, uh, it's relatively efficient, and you can tell that it's efficient because look at what the lines have done all week this, long this week. They, they barely move. You know, you see an opening line, and uh, it might bounce a little bit uh, right after they open, but throughout the course of the week, unless there's COVID information or injury information or some major information, you've got billions of dollars being bet, and the, the line doesn't move so or barely moves. But in MMA, you could have a fighter that opens minus 225, uh, which would be the equivalent of, let's just say, a five-point favorite, uh, in the NFL, and by the time the fight goes off, uh, he may be the underdog, and uh, that's just unheard of in, in normal sports. So, uh, it, when you're looking at all the different props uh, that are offered, uh, you know, it, it's just it's it, even the casinos from casino to casino. There is no uniform uh, betting options per se. Uh, one casino may not offer a bunch of stuff that another casino is going to offer. Whereas if you're in the NFL or basketball, they're starting to offer pretty much the same thing, uh, you know, 90% of the time. So, uh, and when you don't have everybody doing the same thing, well, that means somebody's going to screw something up along the way. And there's going to be, uh, you know, holes in the, in the, uh, and the chinks in the armor, so to speak. And here's the other thing to remember that's so great about MMA is it's it's 12 months long. It goes through baseball season. I believe that they have fights 46 or 47 weekends out of the year. So it's not like football where, you know, after 18 weeks in the playoffs, you're pining away from more football for half the year. So if you invest your time and energy into it, You've got a year-long project. Even golf and tennis take time off. So uh, that's another advantage to it. So, you know, take a look at it, Elise. And, and your, your opening question was, well, how do I start? And that's yeah. where I was. And I'll tell you, I, I don't know. Is I, I don't really know a, a manageable amount about MMA to this day. But I'm doing pretty well at it. And what I'm doing is I'm listening to a lot of different resources. So there's uh, a lot of podcasts. There's, a, there's a social media outlets that, uh, that have information. And you, this isn't something where you want to just get picks. You shouldn't want to just get picks in any sport. Trust me. But this, this sport in particular, listen to the reasons why people like something and, 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 and try to get it from multiple sources and try to uh, come up with your own opinion on what makes sense and such. And, and, and that's what my recommendation is, is just get familiar with how the fights go down and what people are thinking. Because if you listen to these podcasts and you watch the shows where people talk about it, you're going to learn pretty fast what these people find are important and it's always evolving because the new people that you listen to or new resources you find, you're going to find, Oh, well, that person thinks this is important. And you know, that does kind of make some sense. So uh, I, so the simple question is just listen, be receptive and, and seek out 
information from anywhere you can because this sport is just as popular as hockey is already. And we'll pass up hockey at the rate it's going and handle when it's going. So uh, it, it's not, and it's all young. It's not all young, but it's driven by a younger generation. And I was a boxing loyalist. Uh, I wanted nothing to do with MMA. And I got to admit, the MMA is pretty cool. There are a lot of good things about it. Uh, uh, you know, once you you know once you open your mind to to being you know involved in it, and, and the betting is just outrageous. There's just so many different ways to attack a given fight. Uh, well, we only got a couple minutes left, Chris. We got about two minutes left. So why don't you give folks a bettable opinion out there for UFC 270 that goes tonight? Yeah, they, they, you know what? The fight tonight is a fight that people have been looking forward to. Uh, for a long time, these guys really know their stuff. And uh, uh, Cyril Gain against Francis Naganu, these guys are very talented, very smart, and it's, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know what? I, I do a lot of work and I do a lot of betting on MMA, but sometimes I don't really need to watch it. If that makes any sense or sounds callous. But this is a fight I'm really looking forward to because these guys are so smart. They're going to have a five round fight. And uh, a free wager that I think is pretty solid is uh, I think that the fight will not end fast. I think it's going to take a lot for either of these fighters to put themselves in a situation where they're, they're, they're going to lose. Uh, and so I look for like the over two and a half on this one, which is more or less uh, an even money bet. Or if you can find will start the third round uh, laying a little bit of juice. Uh, that's what my recommendation on this one is. And if you want to just see what MMA is about, this is probably the pay-per-view card. To, to uh, This is the last couple of fights on this card uh, should be pretty darn uh, interesting to anybody. So look for Gain Naganu to go over the total two and a half at most books as we speak. So, Chris, promote yourself, man. We've got 30 seconds before i got to let you go. Well, I can be found on uh, Las Vegas Chris on Twitter, and I do make whatever I bet available on Wager Talk uh, under my name, and I have a hand, Twitter handle Vegas Synergy for that uh, type of stuff. Mr. Zanuck, I appreciate your time. Las Vegas Chris, always a guest who brings it for me. I appreciate you stepping in at the last minute. And I appreciate the fact that you brought your A-game, my friend. Strong info in the NFL. Strong info in the UFC. Cover it continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers. Again, if you missed any portion of today's show, please go back and check it out in the podcast version available on any major podcast outlet. A lot of the minor podcast outlets, too. Just search for Cover It with Teddy Covers. You can go to simplecast.net and find archives for every single show that I think I've ever done going back. To last year's Super Bowl, you want to make fun of me for some stupid prediction that I made uh, last year, you can go back to the archives. There's a guest that you like. You want to hear Las Vegas Chris talking contest strategy 
Again, the archive's available for anyone out there in listener land. I want to give you guys a bettable opinion for today. I went to the NBA this evening where the Pacers are playing the Suns. First line I'm seeing here is uh, Indiana plus 12 and a half. I don't know where this number is going to go. But anywhere in this point spread range, I'll be interested in the Pacers at this price. Indiana off back-to-back wins to open up this road trip. Playing with a sense of purpose and passion right now. But this is not a pro-Indiana bet. This is an anti-Phoenix bet in this point spread range. Suns coming home. Off a brilliant road trip, 5-0 straight up, 5-0 against the spread, tons of betting market support. It's a classic exhale flat spot for Phoenix. They're good enough to win the game, I would think. And again, <laughs> we kind of thought that against the Warriors on Thursday night, and Indiana found a way to steal that one in OT. But I don't know that uh, the Pacers are going to pull off back-to-back upset victories, but I do think Indiana... Likely to hang around within the number, even with the injuries that they have. I look for the Pacers, plus the points on Saturday night in Phoenix. And that's going to wrap it up for Cover It with Teddy Covers. Again, we'll do it again tomorrow. Same time, same channel for NFL discussion. We'll do a little NBA discussion as well. And we'll do it again next week as we get to the conference championship games. So thank you for listening. Enjoy the games. And good luck. Knock them dead out there.